Hello and welcome to the Food Connections podcast, the podcast that helps you learn more about the food you eat and connect with those who make it. I'm Dr. Laura Wynas, a registered nutritionist specialising in nutrition research and communication. I'm also delighted to be one of Scotland's 25 regional food tourism ambassadors. In this Food Connections episode, I'm joined by Lynn Mann from Supernature. Her and her husband, Chris, make lovely cold-pressed rapeseed oil from their Carrington Barnes farm in East Lothian. Cold-pressed rapeseed oil is a heart-healthy oil with less than half the saturated fat compared to olive oil, and it has lots of beneficial unsaturated fats, such as omega-3. It's also a source of vitamin E and contains a variety of antioxidants that are beneficial for health. Lynn explained how rapeseed grows and the process of producing the oil. I also found out about different ways rapeseed can be used in the kitchen to excite your taste buds. So I really hope you enjoy listening. So welcome to Lynn Mann. Thanks for being my guest today on today's podcast. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. And uh, you're very welcome. Can you give us a little insight to the farm where you're based and kind of describe it, paint the picture for us? Sure. Um, We live on a small tenanted farm, uh, about 11 miles south of Edinburgh. Uh, My husband is the tenant farmer and uh, the farm has been in his family for five generations, so nearly 170 years. And the tenancy has been passed down from generation to generation. It's all arable. They have in the past had livestock, but for the last sort of 30 years, it's all been arable, which means that they just grow crops. So um, he has grown oats and, and barley and wheat and, and rapeseed. Um, he still grows a mixture of barley, wheat and rapeseed. Our farm is um, sort of surrounded by the fields where we stay, so it kind of feels like we're out in the middle of nowhere, but yet we're only half an hour's drive from the centre of Edinburgh, so it's, um, yeah, no, it's great. It's a beautiful part of the the country, really. Um, Yeah, it is. It's lovely. It's really nice. But you haven't yourself grown up on a farm, so your background's a bit, well, quite varied, really. So, Mm. yeah, do you want to explain a little bit about just some of the the roles you've had or some of the jobs you've had? Sure, yes. I mean, I'm a bit of a city girl, really. So I grew up in Glasgow. And um, when I met uh, my now husband, I was actually working in television at the time and uh, had come here to do a story for a children's programme about the farm. And um, so, yeah, I had no experience of of being a farmer's wife. They still joke with me that um, they're still expecting to come in one day and have nice flowery scones freshly baked on the table, but that's never happened yet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, previously, uh, like I say, I worked in television and I also did various other other jobs. And my son uh, got me to count them once and it came to 22. So um, um, I was a bit bit subdued when I realised it was so many. Um, But various things. Um, I worked as a counsellor, therapist, um, trained as that, worked as that for a few years. I also sold water filters at one point. I was an aerobics instructor. So uh, a, a variety of things. I suppose all good experience for what you're doing now (laughs) on the farm farm, you said obviously you grow a variety of of crops but one of the main crops being rapeseed so do you want to kind of explain a little bit about what what rapeseed is and and how it's grown 
Sure. Um, race, uh, rapeseed's a brassica crop, so basically it's the cabbage family. Um, and it's the fields that people will see with the bright yellow flowers that you notice over summer. It's a, a fast growing plant and it produces pods that have a little black seeds in them. Well, the seeds are initially green and then they turn black as it, as it flowers and goes to harvest. And it's all the, the uh, nutrients and the sunshine that the plant's drawing in, grows the pods. And then as it goes towards harvest and stops flowering, the seeds get bigger and blacker and um, the oil is filling up inside these seeds. So, um, so basically we then harvest them, bring them to the farm and press the seeds to get the oil out of them. And that's what we then sell. We started it 11 years ago as an on-farm diversification and uh, because we just grew crops at the time and uh, I was on a career break from having um, had our daughter and uh, my husband was looking at various diversifications just to sort of bring in some extra money, add value to what he was already doing on the farm. And um, when he mentioned rapeseed oil, I sort of said, oh, what's all that about? Because I hadn't really heard much about it. It's about 12 years ago, 11, 12 years ago. And he said, well, it's supposed to be healthier than extra virgin olive oil. And uh, I think we can produce it on the farm. And uh, me thinking I was like very healthy eater and, and uh, knew a bit about nutrition, not very, very little bit about nutrition. I said, um, oh, no way, it's healthier than extra virgin olive oil. I don't believe that. So um, I researched into it and then I realized that it was healthier in that it had uh, more of the right balance of omegas, high in vitamin E, also had um, has a really high burn point, so you can cook with it at high temperature without it breaking down. So all of this kind of made me encourage him to um, to start the business. And it seems to grow really well in, in Scotland, or you certainly see huge fields of yellow at certain times of year. Um, yes, yeah. Apparently, um, apparently Scotland, one of the the rare climates that's at, the rare thing that actually the Scottish climate is good for um, is that the rapeseed plant likes cool climate, but it likes long daylight hours. So over the summer, when we've got the long daylight hours, but the cooler climate, it's not so warm. They really like that. Um, so actually, uh, Britain, sort of Scandinavian countries, probably the ideal climate for growing rapeseed. And you said it was quite fast growing. So when do you plant it and then how long is it until you harvest it? Well, we're quite unusual in that we grow a spring crop, which means it gets planted in April and harvested in September. So its growing season is over the maximum daylight hours and the maximum sunshine. Because of that, uh, we feel that it makes a much more light buttery oil and uh, that's why we've kept doing that. Uh, we get slightly less yield with the spring crop than you would with a winter crop, which you would plant in September and harvest the following July. And uh, so we would get more yield from that, but we just felt when we first produced out the oil, we thought that the spring crop produced a much better tasting oil and better quality. Okay, so yeah, the, the, I suppose the flavors have impacted by 
lots of different things from the soil yeah. to the amount of sun and as you say but, yeah things. very much um, my husband Chris uh, believes there's a real terroir to it that it's uh, the taste of the oil is a mixture of the soil type our particular microclimate on the farm here the variety he chooses to grow um, and you know so I think a real mixture of things Okay, and when you come to harvest it, um, I know because my dad used to grow a little bit of rapeseed as well, and there's always a conundrum about whether you leave it and harvest it straight um, or you swath it. Um, so that's you like half cut it, uh, and yeah, it's very think, dependent on the weather. Yeah, I think um, I don't think Chris does the swathing. I think more the uh, just cutting it because with producing the oil. He has to, uh, as soon as he's cut the seed, um, harvested it, he has to get it dried down to a low moisture content, which makes maximum oil for maximum oil extraction, but it also um, helps the seed stay fresher for longer. So, um, so he kind of dries it as soon as he's harvested it. And drying, that is just in a huge big vat with uh, yeah. heat, heat kind of yes, generating. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, not too high a heat or it would damage the, the seed, but okay. um, but yes, it uh, and it and it gets it basically gets puffed around in a big drum to sort of dry it and then it um, goes into big sacks and then it can be stored for a while in the big sacks when it's dried down to less than eight percent moisture, it can then uh, be put into big sacks. Yeah, so that's that's why farmers are so um intrigued or interested about knowing what the weather is going to be and yes. long-term forecast <laughs> i think the word you're looking for is obsessed <laughs> well, i was trying to be diplomatic there <laughs> yeah the weather is the most important thing on the tv and radio for yeah. farmers but yeah, yeah. It's with good reason um, so once you've got the seeds dried to the right moisture and stored then it's obviously ready for pressing so what is that process it's a very simple process, actually. Um, the, basically, the seed goes into a big mechanical press, which literally just squeezes the oil out of the seeds. Mm -hmm. And uh, the oil then goes into a tube, which goes into a filtering machine, which basically just means that when the oil passes through the filters, any bits of husk or uh, pulp or anything that are still in the oil then get, get taken out in the filtering process. And then it goes into big uh, vats ready for bottling. So it's quite a simple process of just really crushing the seed to extract the oil mm -hmm. and then uh, uh, filtering it, bottling it. Yeah, and it's, that's the difference between, you get obviously cold pressed rapeseed oil, which is what you're yes. producing, and you get yes. standard rapeseed oil, which yes. is the yeah. oil's extracted in a slightly different way. Yes, the, the whole process that I described there, there's no heat added to that, which means that the oil is just squeezed out of the seeds cold, mm -hmm. um, but it leaves a fair bit of oil in the seed when you do that, which is why um, it costs a bit more for the cold pressed rapeseed oil than for standard rapeseed oil. Mm -hmm. um, and standard rapeseed oil is extracted using heat and I believe chemicals as well to get maximum oil out of the seed. So uh, a bit of a different process. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's still standard rapeseed is still a healthy oil as well. But I suppose with a cold pressed 
because you're doing that gentle press and you're not losing the flavor or some of the nutritional properties of it yeah definitely and do you use the you said you filter the oil out so what happens to the pulp or what's left over does that Um, get used or Yes, that's a, a good question. That's um, uh, something that's been really good is that the what's left basically comes out in a kind of tube, long sort of snake-like tube, and it's a mixture of shell and pulp and also oil. And we actually gather that into big sacks and we sell it to a neighbouring farmer who uses it to feed their cattle. And uh, when she first tried uh, the cake, the rapeseed cake, she really noticed a difference that she felt her cattle did really well on it and they had, their, had a lovely sheen to their coat. And uh, so for the last few years, um, her and uh, other farmers have bought the, the byproduct of producing the oil and uh, which means that it's a real um, a really sustainable full circle business where there's no waste because the byproduct is then is then sold for animal feed that's been that's been great yeah everything's got a use Mm, Yeah, yeah no waste and with the oil that you're producing when it's bottled how did you first go about selling it then or where where do you mainly sell it um, well, that was interesting because I am um, a, a lovely friend of ours who helped us design our labels. He's a graphic designer and he helped us design our labels and everything initially and then continued to design our branding. And uh, when I, we first had our first batch of oil, we all tried it. And we all thought it was great and we bottled it and put caps on and everything by hand. And so we had this first batch of just plain oil original oil and uh, he said so how are you actually going to sell this stuff um he said it's not as if you can just put cases of it in the boot of your car and drive around edinburgh and i said well actually that's exactly what i'm <laughs> going to do so that first day it was a horrible wet windy cold day in uh, february um i think it was and uh and I just drove around uh, delis and um, farm shops, restaurants in Edinburgh. The restaurants, I was more just sort of handing in a bottle of oil to say, you know, could you try this? Went into delis and shops to ask them if they might be interested in, in buying some. And uh, I went to 27 different places <laughs> before um, a butcher shop in Edinburgh, who's, who's our first customer, who's still a customer today, and um, I think he must have felt sorry for me. I think I must have looked a bit desperate. So he um, said, oh, I'll take a case of your oil. So um, that was the, the first success. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> and he's still a happy customer today. He is, yes. <laughs> right, well, yeah, I mean, normally there's some kind of detailed marketing plan that you set out with. But yeah, that yeah. seemed to work anyway, your way. Yeah. Um, so with the oils, you've got a number of different oils as well. So you've got this, yes. the standard, and then you've got a few flavoured oils. Yes, we um, we first brought out the original oil, and we noticed that quite a few other people who were doing cold press rapeseed oil down south more at the time. There was a couple of others in Scotland, but mostly down south, were doing infused oils too, and they were maybe doing lemon, chili, garlic, things like that uh, were the most usual. And we tasted some of those and we felt that the strong taste, because sometimes rapeseed oil can quite have a strong taste. 
And quite often the, the taste of the lemon or the garlic or the chili was kind of fighting with the taste of the oil, which was quite strong. So we had thought early on that because our oil is quite light and buttery, um, that it would go well with being infused. Mm-hmm. So we started off doing this sort of main ones, lemon, uh, ginger, garlic and chilli. And we just got such an amazing response because people were noticing that, they, that it just tasted like pure lemon. It tasted like pure garlic. So you weren't having the sort of fight of the taste. Mm-hmm. And because they were so successful, we decided to specialise in infused oils. And we've now got 15 different ones, including a black truffle and a white truffle oil. So we um, do more sort of unusual ones like lime, coriander, lemongrass, um, as well as uh, herbs like basil, coriander, things like that. So, um, so yeah, they've been very successful. We do mini bottles of them as well as bigger bottles. We do gift packs. So it's just added more, more strings to, to the bow of the business kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And how do you come up with the different infusions or is it just a trial and error? Yeah, just trial and error, really. We've tried, and, and there's ones that we've, we've wanted to do, but when we've tried them, we felt that, because um, we use really high-quality extracts of the different roots, fruits, plants, and when we've sampled different extracts to try with the oil, some of them just haven't worked, even ones that we thought, oh, that would be lovely, and then the ones that we just loved ourselves and we thought really worked um, are the ones that we've, we've brought out. Mm-hmm. And what's the best way to use the infusions or is there lots of different ways you can use them? Well, yeah, no, they're fantastic because they still have the high, uh, high heat uh, capacity. Mm-hmm. So you can use them at really high heat for roasting, stir frying, things like that. So likes of the garlic, the chili, ginger, brilliant for stir fries. And uh, you don't even need to use any of the fresh um, herb or, or root because um, it just, you get the full taste uh, from just using the oil. And then things like the basil is lovely over um, a mozzarella salad or pizza or something, or pasta. The lemon is amazing just on a salad or for cooking white fish. So, um, So there's quite a variety of different ways that you can use all of them. So what we did was we were finding it shows that people were trying the different infusions and always saying oh but what would I do with this one and what would I do with that so in our leaflet and on each bottle it's got a few usage ideas for each of them and uh, that's worked quite well. Yeah that's always good to know the practical uses are just examples of how how to use them. Sure. Um, And you mentioned yeah obviously you can use them cold on a salad or heat up um, because as you said before it's got a high smoke point. Yes. is when the oil is heated and it starts to smoke and then that's yeah. when it starts to break down and yeah. Yeah. changes its chemical structure and, and taste yeah. and things so yeah. yeah one of the many benefits of rapeseed oil yeah. so because this is a food connections podcast I was wondering what your favorite way to use the oil might be or have you got a favorite recipe or favorite meal that you enjoy um I think I think it would have to be a toss up between um, a lunch that I do or a snack thing, which is a slice of toasted sourdough bread with some mashed avocado and then a drizzle of our lime oil Mm. and then a fried egg on top. 
that's my uh, kind of go-to lunch or if it's I've come in you know later and I've, I don't want to make a dinner I'll do that and and the other thing that's really excellent is um, using the truffle oil in mushroom risotto um, the truffle oil goes so well with the with mushrooms and uh, in mushroom risotto it just really adds a, a wonderful edge to it lovely sounds delicious um and you mentioned before that the oil is quite versatile and we can use it in as high temperatures but also in bacon does it go well in substituting butter for example with an oil yeah it does actually i was surprised how well it works um, i've made um, carrot cake with the oil in, and using instead of butter using a uh, lemon oil or original oil um, a friend of mine um, used to make sponges, just Victoria sponges, using the oil instead of butter, the original oil. So, uh, yeah, it, I mean, quite a lot of recipes do have oil in them. And uh, so it works well using the infused ones. So you could use lemon or, or uh, we do an orange infused oil as well as the lime. So there are sort of different ways like that, that you can use them. Yeah. And I, would, I also made a... Uh, I used to make a key lime pie quite often and the base was crushed digestives with butter, but I would do the base with crushed digestives and half and half butter and the lime oil because then you'd get the lime in the base as well. Oh yeah, the extra flavour. Brilliant. Mm. And have you tried it with scones yet? You mentioned at the start. <laughs> yes, um, no, I haven't. That's, <laughs> that's been something I should try, shouldn't I? Definitely. <laughs> Give them all a surprise one day and they come into not only homemade scones but made with the oil. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it'll go nicely because there's a lot of um, like reformulation work with companies. I think they often take out some of the butter and substitute yes. it for oil. Rapeseed being yes. such a healthy, nutritionally kind of got lots of nutritional benefits in it is, is quite Definitely. a good one to yeah, help improve yeah. the nutrition profile. So yes, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, let me know how the scones go. <laughs> okay, I will do. <laughs> Brilliant. I will well, do. thank you so much for your time today. It's been really fascinating just to get a, an insight to what you do and how you produce the oil. And I'll definitely be trying out some of those infusions. Thanks for all the, the tips. Great. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to this Food Connections podcast. Do check out the show notes for more information related to this episode. And if you enjoyed this episode, please tell others about it and do get in contact with me if you have any comments or suggestions for future guests. See you next time.